Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Sidebars Podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome, welcome, welcome. And if um if you've always been listening, thank you for listening and keep referring people. We really appreciate that. And I'm um, Omuka Homo. Someone listened to your other was like, do we sound alike? <laughs> I can't they tell I'm still the person that has the deeper voice. You know, you, know. <laughs> you rewind me. So now you get deeper voice. I'm mean, with you to try to okay, <laughs> I did, my brother. I did, man. How you doing? How's your week been? Smooth, 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 smooth. It's, it's, well, we're going to, let me not even get into it so much because I mean, (laughs) how, how was it? How was your own week been? Hmm. My week started out well. It started out well, if I can remember very um, vividly. My week started out very well, but it ended in a shocker. I found out something that, I never thought would happen in a million years, right? And I'm still in shock. What it's, it's crazy, man. It's it's crazy. The way life is... Hey, my brother, the way human beings are, my guy, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. I, can, I can't share it currently, but maybe in a subsequent episode, I'll be able to share. But trust me, my brother, guy, I'm in shock. Let's just put it there. So I'm still trying to process the whole thing, mm. right? But... Look, man, it's crazy. It's crazy. Just, I'll just say, guys, guys out there, guys and girls, just be careful. <laughs> just be careful. Just be careful. That's all, that all I'll say for now, man. But hopefully, subsequent episodes, I'll be able to spill the tea. You know? Yeah. So let's just see how it goes. But you're all right. Not be like anything with the threats in your. Ah, oh, my God. I do all right. Last last I go do all right now. <laughs> Even if I know do all right now, last last I go do all right. But no fear, no fear. I gallant, I gallant. Yeah, we have we have a guest today. We have um Emeka. Emeka, how for now? I'm fine. No, I'm fine. I'm good. Good evening, everyone who's listening. Well, how has your week been? Now? A normal week. It was it went well. Not not bad. I mean, it rained a lot. It rains almost every day in Potako, but it was a, it was a good week generally. Hmm. Things happened, but I mean, generally it was it was not a bad week. Mm, I think I think what really took me or what really caught my attention from how his week went was the fact that you know it rains every day. That's interesting. <laughs> the few times that it rains here in Lagos, it, it, it we really appreciate it. Every day. I mean, okay, wow. it didn't rain today. Realistically, it didn't rain today, but mm-hmm. almost every other day it rains in Portacot. It's a normal thing. Mm-hmm. And we're getting into that part of the year where it's a normal occurrence. Wow. I mean, it hasn't even started raining like it normally does. It's, Hmm. Rain is just testing shows like testing <laughs> imagine. <laughs> wow. So so Emeka, this this is the thing here in Lagos, right? Number one, the sun in Lagos is ridiculous. It is hmm. scorching. So you know, whenever it rains, we're always happy that it rains. But this is something about the rain here in Lagos. Anytime it rains here in Lagos, there's always traffic. There's traffic oh. and everywhere is flooded. But there's traffic and in Lagos, even when it's when it's sunny. True, true, true. <laughs> Lagos traffic. Even when people true. are speaking. Uh, free, free Lagos traffic. Free Lagos traffic. <laughs> yes, yeah, so v- very true. Very true. But what I'm, what I'm just saying is that the traffic is always worse anytime it rains here. And um, the best time to, to move in Lagos while it's raining is... In fact, yes, that's the best time to move. As the rain is heavy and pouring, that's the best time to move out. If you wait for the rain to stop, man, it's going to be difficult. That's just some life hacks of living in Lagos. If you're listening, 
while it is pouring, move into the road. If not, then you will sleep in traffic. Um, people, people on the island, they have a different story, Sha. Yeah, it's always more. flooded, and sometimes people have to take boats to get to their places of work. <laughs> like last year, last year on the island, because I was I, I lived on the island for like ten months in 2020 for ten months okay. straight, and then there was there were some bad times where I was aware that somewhere in VGC. No, sorry, rather not VG, somewhere around Chevron, yeah, Chevy, that Chevy View estate. I know that it rained so bad that rain took out cars in someone's compound. Like wow. three cars, three cars left the person's compound. That's how bad the rain is. Because, you know, wow. the, the island is like a waterlogged area. Basically, it's called an island for a reason, you know. There's yeah, just, it's just buildings around a body of water, buildings on top of a body of water. Also, you know, the drainage system is terrible. Racism is terrible. So anytime you raise on the island, it's it's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. But um, that's, what, that's what, year, what year was that? Yeah, like, this was rain, 20, this was twenty twenty. Like, no, like what year was that when rain was entering the houses of people where their sitting rooms? You see, like water going over their chairs. Yeah, I everything. don't know. I think I think that happens every year, but I think majorly oh. it was twenty nineteen. I I, yeah, I, I think I that was a year. Yeah, it was like really really bad. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of that in 2019, but man, I mean, shout out to all those who endure the hardship on the island. These guys are real heroes, man. Today's topic, what we'll be talking about today, I won't even lie, is something like I've trying to, I've been trying to avoid. Like I didn't mm-hmm. really want us. Even last week, I didn't really, really mention anything about it. So make I even ask if Una come up for protest um yesterday. I told you, <laughs> online no, protest at my end, man. I don't know about Mika. I I didn't go out. I didn't even join the online protest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't join anyone. Emeka, you don't you don't see any point protesting. Um, but there there are so many reasons. There are so many angles to it why I did not join up, even mm. online. Because like during answers, I was very active. I mm. was there physically because I was in Ibadan then. I okay. participated physically. I also participated online. But um, you know, a lot of things happened. It was I, I learned a lot of lessons. You know, I know how protesters and everything. So it, it just you know a certain set of people trying. You know, the blames now being pushed to a certain part of the country and everything. So it just makes mm. you wonder if there's any need protesting at the end of the day. So yeah, so I just kind of boycotted the whole thing. I didn't see the need for it. Hmm. Um, Emeka, your sound we should settle with whatever we have right now. That there is no point clamoring for a change or there is no point looking for a way forward. Honestly, that, that's what it sounds like. It just sounds like he has given up and he's mm-hmm. just watching watching whatever no. they want to do. I I no, it's not like I've I've given up. No, I can never give up. But um when when if people are when it, an oppressed people allow themselves to be divided under any guise, be it mm. religion, ethnicity, race, or whatever device, be, if, even if it's sexual orientation or even gender, when mm. you allow your oppressors to throw in those cards and you buy it, it leaves every other person who might want to join out, you know, wondering uh, if at the end of the day we all go out for this thing together and then we get blamed. You understand? If you yeah. notice, yesterday's protest was mainly in Lagos and, you know, 
to a very large extent in Abuja. Other parts yeah. of the country do not join up. You understand? Because people do not want a situation where uh, the the NSARS riots last year it, it, it caused a lot of damages for a lot of people. A lot. And at a point, a certain group of people in Nigeria were being targeted as reasons why properties were being destroyed in other parts of the country. And when you see things like that, they brought in religion, they brought in ethnicity, they brought in even you know sexual orientation. So a lot of divisions were being peddled around. And when people buy into that, it just leaves you wondering, okay, the people who are oppressed are not sound enough mentally to be able to know that divisive um, cards will be thrown at them. So if they cannot withstand it, and if at the end of the day, they listen to the oppressors to turn around and see people who are also suffering the same thing that they suffer and mm-hmm. trying to blame them for the issues, you just might not want to identify with the general picture. Mm. Oh, deep. So that's, that's actually Honestly, I'm coming from. Not like I've deep given up deep words. I, I get where Emeka is coming from. I sincerely do, but... I don't know. For me, let me just let me just start this way. Prior to the whole Edsas thing, I've always been someone who has been optimistic about Nigeria. Okay, optimistic in the sense that I I knew that things were going wrong. I knew that things were not necessarily looking bright. But then looking into our generation, um, I'm talking about some millennials. I'm talking about some Gen Z people. I could see that, okay, there is some sort of hope. But after the NSAS thing, when I knew that, you know, this country is really being held by the juggler, by some political godfathers who would rather die than leave the country in the hands of the next generation, that's when I knew that it seems like all hope is lost, you know, for me. But realistically... I, it's very difficult to see good things coming to Nigeria soon. However, being a being someone who has faith, you know, and being someone whose faith is very strong, I I know that anything is possible, you know. And then the truth <laughs> is that sometimes for something good to happen, something bad must happen first. You know, that's just yeah. the way I see things. Um, I don't know about you. See, um, you said something about faith, but at this point, um. Because, you know, sometimes I think I was having a conversation and I was like, see, sometimes when I want to pray for Nigeria, I don't even know what to pray here. You don't know where you <laughs> pray are going, to be honest. Now make Buari come out or change of mind or we should... Get, you know, sometimes that's why I think we should be more like action-oriented. Than, yeah. I'm not saying we shouldn't pray, yeah? Yeah, so me, me, that's um, that's been that's been the way I've been thinking like lately. And um, but you, you, Barry, you said something about um the answers making you think that Nigeria has gone so so bad. Mm. For me, it will have to be when Buari um had this interview with Arise. You know, don't they <laughs> pressure the guy me again? You don't finally get that. And you know, at some point, me, I used to think that um the guy didn't really know, maybe he didn't know what was going on in Nigeria. Yeah. Or they were not informing him. And guy, but after that interview, it like dawned on me that this guy is so much intentional and in tune with whatever that is happening in Nigeria. Of and course. yet he's playing deaf to it. And that's the height of it for me. You know, think, thinking about it, there was a point last year, and even till now, I still struggle to believe that 
Buhari's alive, especially when he had that when he had that major health issue, and then okay, then during the lockdown period, he would always we always saw his um, his press conferences, but we saw that they were recorded. We saw that they were scripted. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it being scripted, but when you can't even read properly from the script, it's a problem. When you don't even look like you're healthy or like you're barely alive, is a problem. So I even question the existence of Buhari. And whoever is leading us currently is someone who is just going with an agenda. I feel like there is a serious Northern agenda being played out currently, you know. And uh, I don't know, maybe later in the episode, I'll be able to expand on that. But, you know, that, that's what I feel presently about what, what, is, what is going on with Nigeria. Yeah, Emeka, did you watch his interview on Arise? Um, I, honest, I, I didn't join live because I knew... Um, not much would come out of it. But when the interview finished, um, yeah. it brought a lot of rancor. So I had to go and see it. And mm. I watched it and I was not surprised. I'm, I'm surprised that people were surprised. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm actually surprised that people were surprised. Yeah. Well, I saw the interview and I didn't expect anything else, you know, coming from him. It was the typical person, you know, that we mm. have known for those people who took our time to research him before he came out in 2015. So I wasn't surprised by his utterances. He was he was being very firm. He meant the things he said. Anybody who thinks he's not informed on the things going on in this country, wrong. He's informed. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. His actions mm-hmm. are deliberate. In some issues are deliberate. So he's informed. So That's yeah, like out of, every, out of everything he said, like um, which one was like it for you that you think struck you like this guy did something wrong? Um, the first thing is when 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 he wants to speak, I I do myself the favor of not expecting much. Um, <laughs> that helps. That helps with the disappointment. So, I he said a lot of things, and to be honest, I wasn't surprised. I mean, even with the whole being. A dot and being surrounded narrative. I was not surprised to. So I, you know, it's someone that priorities in in 2011 when he wanted to run for president. I somehow, you know, bought into the idea because I was really young and was just out of secondary school. I somehow bought into the idea that he was this incorruptible figure that he was like he was being painted then. Mm. And someone told me, an elderly person, an uncle told me, he said. You're young. You don't understand some of these things. Take out time to do a proper research on this man, and I did. If I could round up my research, the elections were already over, and you know, mm-hmm. it's skeptical. And then he came into power. But to be very fair, he has surprised me with some of the actions. Like I didn't expect him to 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 be successful, but I I mean the rate of failure is alarming. Like successful was ridiculous. I, I did not expect him his administration to be successful, you understand? But I there were things, there are areas I expected him not to fail at. You understand? But okay. the, the rate of failure has been alarming. I mean, man, I don't know. I don't know how to qualify it. It's been really alarming. And we're just watching, we're praying that we mm. survive because at the end of the day, it's scary. Uh, uh, I said Buhari. Uh, Barry. Abego. <laughs> Abego. Hey. hey. Please. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what was it for you? Oh, okay, it was everything. It was just everything for me. But I think the most surprising part of it is the 
the seriousness at which he was uttering nonsense. His <laughs> his straight face, the fact that he could just be at a live interview and answer questions at a recorded interview. Okay, recorded interview. The fact that he could be there at a recorded interview, you know, deviating from answering questions directly or just giving bizarre answers to questions, the confidence in which he had, I mean, everything about it was just shocking. And he still, he looks like a zombie to me, like that human being is barely alive. So I I question a lot of things, really. I question a lot of things. You know, the truth is that when you you start talking about Nigeria and our issues, it's a never-ending conversation. So don't let me go too deep into the whole interview thing because I'll just start another conversation. But, you know, that's just what I felt. It was appalling. Yeah, uh, the, the point where um, the guys, that were, the Arise guys that were interviewing him, we are laughing and, like, doing like it was all jokes with him. Do you, do you guys have any problem with that? Or you think it's part of the game? For me, it's part of the game. It's part of the game. I've been, I've been on that side before. You know, so there's always, as a journalist, um, as a journalist, as a presenter, there's always a way that you try and, number one, make your um, your guest feel comfortable because mm. you are trying to get certain things out of the guest. Then then again, you know, um, presenters have their own way of anchoring, you know. So I don't necessarily have a problem with the mannerisms of, the arise presenters and whatnot but um I, I didn't say anything wrong with that i i felt it was intentional i felt it was definitely intentional and they knew what they were doing but i don't have a problem with that yeah emeka was that was that okay with you i understand that a lot of them have sentiments you know attached to certain figures and to certain issues but i think the media is, for me, the media is the unofficial fourth arm of government because we've had regimes in this country that were taken down solely by the enterprise of the media, by their firmness. Mm. You understand? And I think the media has been very fair, too fair or too biased to this administration. They're not doing enough. You understand? So when, when, when I saw the presenters laughing, it took away the seriousness of the whole issue there. I've seen African leaders on interview with um this lady on CNN, Amman Paul. Yeah. And you need to see the seriousness. At, at, at some interviews, it's the leaders who try to make a joke out of it. And the lady would keep a straight face like, we're not joking here, Mr. Mm-hmm. President. Talk to us. You understand? So when 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 they start to laugh, and and it wasn't like this were junior journalists or just field reporters. These are seasoned editors that were there, you know, the country is burning. I'm people say prayers don't work in Nigeria, but I mean for the for the for everything happening in Nigeria to still be happening and people can still wake up in the morning, open the door and walk out. I mm. mean the prayers they they, they they are surely working because the country is on the brinks like Nigeria is and the presenters who are you know asking the person who's supposed to be in charge of the security in the country questions are laughing. I mean it says a lot about our countenance as a people. So I was disappointed with them laughing. Um, even if he, me being the president was going to be laughing, I mean, it wasn't the presenters. They were not supposed to make light of the situation. That's for me, though. Yeah. 
I, I think I share the same um, sentiment with America. It actually felt like they were making light of the situation. There was that point where they asked him, um, when are we bringing that back to it or something? Then Babana said, that is late for me. I started laughing. All of them started. I was like, journalists in Nigeria, yeah, I think they really, really have to do more. Or they really, really have to do better. But on the flip no, the thing... side... Okay. Okay. No, yeah, go the on, Emeka. They, they do know, they, they know what to do. Mm. They, 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 you want to know that they know what to do. You have to look when they tackle people that they don't like. They are mm-hmm. good. It was the media that brought down Abacha's government. The media, single-handedly. It was the media that kept talking about the issues, kept putting on front banners of national newspapers, televisions. They kept taking stories outside. The international community kept putting pressure on the Nigerian regime to hand over. It, the media played a huge role. So when we say that they don't know what to do, they do know what to do. But that's where my anger lies. If it was a new set of journalists, Maybe we'd say they've not learned. They should go and learn from the class of the 90s and the mm. 80s. But these are the same set of people. Most of them are the same set of editors. The daily Momodus are still around. You understand? Mm. But it's, it's almost as if they are eating. You know, there's something in their mouth. And you know, someone who is eating man doesn't want to talk. I mean, maybe <laughs> they tie throat or something. Uh, you see, Onwuka, right? Um, yeah. Emeka just actually buttressed my points. The truth is that, just like I told you, the reason why I don't have a problem with what they did mm-hmm. is because I know that they know what they did. It was intentional. Just like I said before, like probably because of my experience, I know that it's not like these guys are not ex. They don't know what they are doing. Trust me, they do. It was done for a reason. And yes. I, I don't want... To, I'm, I'm not going to say that I know why they did it, but trust me... I knew it was done for a particular reason because Arise has built themselves as, you know, one of the top-notch media houses in Nigeria, especially during that NSAS era. So they wouldn't want to um, put a stain on their name. But for me, speaking from someone who has been in the industry, um, I don't have a problem with it. I know that they knew what they were doing. So, but Barry, you're sounding like... Um... If they didn't go that way, there was something at stake. Mm, not that there was nothing at stake. I feel like if they didn't go that way, they wouldn't have gotten so much out of Buhari. They Did wanted they really get anything out of him. That's what they didn't get anything substantial out of him because there's yeah, nothing they, substantial. They, they, he has nothing to offer. He has nothing they reasonable to say. I think they got okay, a lot yeah, out of him. I think they got a lot out of him, and I I, I agree with you, Barry, that. The, the the laughter whole the whole laughter issue was deliberate to make him calm down and mm-hmm. you know feel more. There, there are people yeah. I, I can tell you for a fact that there are people from the south. When I mean when I'm talking about the south, I mean the southwest, the south, south and the southeast, that still before that interview did not understand how bad the situation of the country was. When they saw mm-hmm. that interview, they knew that okay, we are done for. You understand? So I, I think if there's nothing else they got out of him. They helped to get out of him those things that he said to help wake up young people to understand that we are in a mess. People, there are people who still don't understand. Maybe Buhari needs to be granting interviews every week for people to keep waking up. You understand? That would be fantastic. People are people. We are in shock. There was a video circulating around now of an Arise TV presenter who was in total shock. After the democracy dispute, so I saw that he needs to keep, 
yeah, he needs to keep granting interviews so people will keep waking up, both old and young. I mean, the more people wake up, the more we can actually come to the table and say, how do we move forward from it? Because honestly speaking, I'll give credit to Buhari for just one thing. Buhari did not create the mess we are in today. He mm. only exposed it. These things have been <laughs> on ground before he came into power. You understand? But his poor management skills only helped to expose it. So he's doing a good job, a very good job. But we just don't want to be the generation that would be saddled with responsibility of laying the foundation for the next generation. So that's just about, what I mean, how, how long, even in this interview, like some of the things he said, he was still pointing fingers at um, good luck's administration. I think this is 60 now. Don't you think that's long enough for somebody to do something, something that is visible at least for people to see? No, I the problems that Nigeria have been facing it's beyond the good luck administration. You understand? Okay. A house built on the wrong foundation cannot stand. And the issue we've had, I I began studying Nigeria as a secondary, no, after secondary school in 2010, and I understood that the place was structured to fail. But what we've had over the years were very good managers who were able to package rubbish. You understand? So a lot of people did not see the mess. But this man came in, he did not care about the status quo, didn't care about what the elite wanted. You know, he was just doing, he was just doing baby boy stuff and, you know, was just messing the whole place up and everybody Vibes on and... vibes on vibes on vibes. Nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I understand where you're coming from, Emeka, now, yeah? So, like, delving into more of what we'll be talking about today because I've heard so many people talk about the problems of Nigeria talk about who has cost what and who has not cost what. So I would like us to like the way forward for Nigeria. Like <laughs> I don't know if you want to take the lead on this first. Um a remedy would be for me um I think we need to we need to calm down. Okay. Sit down on the table and have a very honest conversation. I think he we need to come out and say these areas that you said we should not talk about, I think we need to talk about these areas. You understand? Mm. Mm-hmm. We need to talk about these areas. We need to talk about how we should be able to sit down and have a very honest conversation without so much animosity or so much hate. Mm. have a very honest conversation about what to do moving forward. I always thought people, we are better off as um, peaceful neighbors than as noisy roommates. You understand? When you tell people that, um, okay, we should go our separate ways, they see it as it, but it's not hit. If that's what the whole solution to the whole problem would be, why not? Let's take that path. That's for me, though. Mm. Okay. okay. So um this is what I feel. I'm I'm gonna pick on two things that Emeka said. Uh, so first of all, I like twenty percent, twenty percent I agree with him saying um let's rather be neighbors instead of noisy roommates. Because the truth is that we were never a nation and we have never been a nation. Okay. Um we became a nation due to our colonial masters, and really they made us a nation because they wanted to benefit from us, from our raw materials, from 
from our, our hardship, basically. You know, the, the African man is a hardworking man. The African man is a productive man. So that's why they made us a nation so that they could benefit from us. Now, we've been a nation for been a nation for more than 60 years. I mean, we've been a nation since 1914. That was when the amalgamation happened. But um, what's there to show for it? So that's why I, I don't have a problem with the, like, the likes of Emekao Juku, who is talking about Biafra Republic. And really, the, the, the Igbos want to be independent of us. I mean, the Igbos are not, the Igbos are not happy that, you know, for a long time, it's just been the northerners and the southerners that have been ruling. You know, they've not really been having their way as when it comes to ruling the nation. Um, I think instead of instead of um, Jonathan, they would have preferred someone else because Jonathan seemed to be someone who was not firm on his own. He seemed to be like a, Jonathan was a puppet. Uh, I mean, Jonathan I, was I, I just a figurehead. Yeah, it was just a figurehead. But there's no doubt about the fact that Jonathan is an intelligent man because he's still alive. He's intelligence. You could sense the intelligence when he speaks, but I feel the intelligence just stopped, just stopped at him being a scholar. You know, that scholarly intelligence. For me, he wasn't much of a politician. He wasn't streetwise enough. However, you know, he got money and he has done well for himself. I, I know that he has a mansion in Otsumoki in Bayosa, so all the best to him there. But um, talking about the hopes for Nigeria... First things first, the only way I can see something bright happening in Nigeria is us taking the route that Ghana did many years ago under the leadership of Jerry Rollins. And Jerry Rollins made sure that every political godfather, every individual that was a hindrance to the progress of Ghana, he killed them. <laughs> he made sure that they died. And as far as I'm concerned, that is the only way forward. I'm not going to mention names. So that maybe their son or their daughters listen to this episode will come for me. But there are there are certain people who hold Nigeria by the juggler. You know, there are certain people who seriously control large portions of this country. Mm-hmm. There are certain people who have in their possession a huge chunk of our um, our riches, our raw materials, our our money to be precise, you know. So, if those individuals are taken out of the way, if Nigeria can begin to actually practice democracy, because as far as I'm concerned, we've never practiced democracy. Of course not. Our own democracy is weird. Our own democracy is, you know, going, dancing to the tune of individuals. That's what our democracy has been. But if we go according to um, the Abraham Lincoln definition of democracy, a government of the people, by the people, and for the people, if we do that, Nigeria will be in a better place. So, first things first, kill all the people that are holding Nigeria by the jugular, and then let the right set of people, under proper guidance, get into the important seats. Then we can now judge them, you know, give them time limits. If you don't perform, you are going out, someone else will step in. We want results oriented, we want people that know what they are doing and can bring results yes it's not going to be it's not going to be a magic trick it's not something that's going to happen overnight however let us see hope first we need to see some sort of hope we need to see that okay things are actually bright or there's there's that there's that chance but for now it's it's gloomy right now there are dark clouds around nigeria 
Yeah, yeah. See, uh, it will shock you how smart and strategic these politicians are. Of course, because... I'm aware. So, so you might not. It might not even be really realistic to take out mm-hmm. all of them at once, because mm-hmm. guys, these guys they have plans of five years ahead. I'm sure some of, of them they already know people that are even going to step in in 2023. They know what's True. going to happen in 2027. Like that's how strategic when these people come to like entering into now, power. And let me come in here. See, yeah. if you're very familiar with history, you have predicted the future because. Human beings don't do new things. They just make, they just repeat the same mistake. Mm. The, the Jerry Rollins approach that you talked about, I can boldly tell you that Jerry Rollins took a script from the playbook of the January 15 boys of 1966, the mm. Zogu boys and the cool plotters. Nigeria was just about the second African country to go through, if I'm not mistaken, second or third in, in 1966. And as at then, Ghana had not gone through a coup. Jerry Rollins came years later, I think in the seventies, in the seventies and late seventies and early eighties. Look at what the Nigerian January Fifteen Boys did. Look at the implications it caused for them. And he, Jerry Rollins tried twice and finally got it right the second time of trying. He was imprisoned at first. Now, what does that tell you? It tells you that we've been that down that path that you're recommending, and that path that we took is the only reason why a section of the country has been described as the dots, the 5%, spare parts boys. You know, every name in the book has been ascribed to that section of the country because there is a flawed perception that the people from that part of the country wanted to use that Jairolis approach to Mm. take over the country. You understand? So we've been down that path before. The whole taking out the top political figures and everything Nigeria is very diverse and very complicated. Whatever approach you're putting into place, you have to make sure it is an approach that sits right with every section of this country. Because that approach that um, Barry is recommending is something that... And it didn't end well. And it is the reason why till now a section of the country has not produced any leader, any constitutionally elected leader, even a military president. You understand? And it's that reason that led to the war of 70 to 70 because it was blown out of context and misinterpreted. So I, I don't think that is a solution. What I said, what I feel would be a solution is when this country was being put together, the people we call our founding fathers, Awolowo, Hazikiwe, Abubakar Tafawa Belawa, and Amadu Belo, when were they born? They were born in the early 1900s. Nigeria was put together, at least from Lugat's document, 1914. When Nigeria was put together, most of these people were either babies or they were not born yet. So who in Nigeria gave consent to that amalgamation? Which parts of Nigeria came together to sit together, even if it was illiterate that could not read and write, to say, this is what we want? If we keep... if it, Nigeria is like a building with a bad foundation. We can repaint it all we want, we can build a very strong fence. We can do everything that we want. We can best quality of paint and buy our macros to put it up. But if we want that building to stand, we have to go back to the foundation, scatter it and say, okay, this is where the problem is. Let's correct it. Okay, now we now ask this building, do we want it to continue being a duplex or a bungalow? 
and then we'll decide what we want to do from that foundation. 2023 is a diversion. It will not solve any problem. Voting is good and all, but we've been doing that for years. It doesn't solve any problem. 2023 is a diversion. is a problem. Every other thing being thrown at us is a diversion. And that is why we've been doing it for very many years. It's not bringing any results. We should really look at our problem and try to tackle it from the root. Okay. The component units that make up Nigeria should sit together and talk and say, where do we go from here? Do we want to go our separate ways? Yoruba people, do you want to continue living with Igbo people? Okay, we have agreed to live together. Now, how do we live together? Then we take it from there. But if you bring all options on the table, we'll explore it. We'll say, okay, these are the implications of going apart. These are the benefits of going apart. I'm open to anything, restructuring, you know, but I think this is our chance in history. And we're not going to correct this by voting. Voting will not solve the problem. Hmm. Omoka, I would like to come in here so because okay. I don't lose my, my trail of thoughts, you know. Two major things that Eveka said for me that I'm going to pick on and expand, you know. Uh, first of all, he said that um, he said definitely that we might just need to separate or rather in terms of a solution for the country, something, what needs to be done because he was countering the Jerry approach. He said that um, you know, what needs to be done is something that's going to work for everyone, meaning that's something that needs to work for the nation, not just one aspect. But you see, what is good for the goose might not be good for the gander. You know, one man's meat is another man's poison. Uh, different strokes for different folks. I could keep going on and on and on again. The truth is that we don't all think the same way. We don't all see um, leadership the same way. You know, I think the major problem for Nigerians as a whole is the fact that if this person is not from Benue State, he's not fit to be a leader. If this person is not from River State, he's not, he's not fit to be the president. Do you understand what I'm saying? So my, the problem is that you can't see in a gathering, in a bar, you can't see 80% votes or you can't see 80% support for one individual. Is very very rare. Mm -hmm. You will see different supports for different individuals because majorly, the what what is what makes them want to support that individual is the fact that that person is from their own village, their own compound, their own local government. Do you understand what I'm saying? So yeah, it's very difficult. It's going look Nigeria cannot go forward in a way that everyone is going to benefit from it's not possible i don't see that happening i let me let me give an example of the u.s when barack obama came in the first black president of the united states of america he came from the democrats he was doing a lot of good things you know majorly black people were in a better place compared to where they were under um, trump but it didn't mean that there were not black people who were still suffering it did not mean that there were still black people who were, I mean, who were not getting harassed by the police. Do you understand? But it just wasn't as bad under Trump. That's just it. So it will be difficult for us to find a solution that is good for everyone. But if the majority, if the majority are good, then it's either the minority conforms or the minority leaves. That's just it for me. No. 
when you're handling a very diverse environment, when you're in a very diverse environment, both politically, racially, religion-wise, and every other, you have to consider every other angle. Different ethnicities in Nigeria. An environment should be created where people's dreams will thrive. You understand? You cannot put down a particular part of the country, give power to another part of the country, put another one in the middle, and then you expect everything to, to, to just go well. There's a very popular saying that in, a, in, in an environment where there is no justice, peace is impossible. You yeah. get? So I think everybody should be brought to the table. Every Look, when the, the American Republic was being formed, when they were fighting for their freedom from the British, it got to a point where they, what, what, the one very famous quote that they used during their liberation days was no tax, no representation, no tax. Now they were trying to protest their exclusion from the British House of Lords and House, thinking that if we are an extension of the United Kingdom, we should have people speaking for us at the house, at your house. The British rejected the idea. So they stated clearly what they want. And America is one of the most diverse, most diverse countries on earth. Why? Because they did something very smart. They said, okay, you, you're African-American, American, you're Latino-American, you're Hispanic, you're, 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 you know, whatever. They just, they just found an American to put at the end of the name. It makes everybody feel represented. You understand? To a large extent, there are still people who take control of the land. The solution would be bring people together to sit at a particular that's at a particular place. You then ask them what going forward. Now when they tell you what they want going forward, everybody would have the opportunity to state clearly what they want. I did tell you that if everybody sits on the table and you know we have a round table discussion and we can't we decide what we want to go from here. A, a lot of things would improve. A lot would improve. There are places in this country where people from that area have not been given an opportunity to speak. Mm. The resources is coming from one area and another area is enjoying it. You can't go to an election on that basis. It's going to... People are now wiser than they were 50 years ago. Some of our fathers' generation, they are just... Waiting. Sorry, sorry to so, cut you short here. Um... You, okay. you know, before before Barry before Barry started talking, because when you're saying bring different people together, who are even these different people? Let's say you even go to where there are more of minority groups or something, then who exactly are you bringing to talk for the people? And how are we even sure that people talking are actually representing the interests of the people? Because I mean, during the end, such people have different agendas. That's the honest truth. Like when you see placards, you see different things being written on the placards. So how exactly are we? able to tell that okay this is actually the of what the people actually want at this time and this is how they want to go about it no um first of all every i believe i want to believe every ethnic group in nigeria no matter how many they are has an umbrella body you understand now you might argue that the umbrella bodies do not really represent the genuine interest of the people fine but that's like the closest you can get to the people the umbrella body once the people know that there's so much influence that the umbrella body wields now when i'm talking about an umbrella body 
for the Yorubas, I'm talking about a Fenifere, um, the Ubos, I'm talking about a Hanese. There's Panda for the Niger Delta guys, and I think there's Ariwa um, for the guys from the North. Now, if these umbrella bodies are asked to bring representatives, you understand? Representatives are selected on the basis, not on the basis of state, not on the basis of local government, because there's a lot of flood. If the creation of state itself is flawed, so when you go through these umbrella bodies and you pick out representatives and you bring them to sit on the table and discuss the way forward for this entity currently known as Nigeria, I believe we'll have we would have something we can work with. For me, mm. you, you know what? I'm I'm curious to know what Emeka thinks about people leaving the country. Be, um, now, when I say people leaving the country, I mean people leaving the country not even migrating people just wanting to leave the country in, in search of better living situations better opportunities because for me i just i'll be honest look i just want to acquire foreign knowledge i want to i want to know how it's done over there right and if it's possible if god will have it i want to come back here and make a difference in nigeria however i will not do that at the expense of my life I don't think Nigeria is worth dying for. So I'm really curious to know what you think, Emeka. What do you think about people leaving the country to further their studies, but, you know, wanting to secure citizenship somewhere else? Because I feel like securing citizenship to another country makes sense because Nigeria is currently volatile, extremely volatile, and anything can happen. So it's good if you have somewhere else to run to. So I I want to know what Emeka thinks about that. Well, um, on people leaving the country, um, the very first basic um, human need that, uh, you know, a, a, a human being craves for is security. And when people do not feel secure, then they are bound to seek their security elsewhere. Mm. Um, I have never been a fan of, you know, brain drain. That's what I refer to it as brain drain where mm-hmm. the best minds in the country get to live and then now if you notice you see that why africans are migrating this is not just peculiar to nigeria now africans are migrating in mass to europe and america chinese are coming here mm-hmm. so there's something they see that a good number of us are not seeing and we have to start seeing what they see but mm-hmm. i am not trying to you know you know and lash out at people who are trying to live because the situation right now is very volatile and believe you me if you can afford to live maybe you should maybe you should you understand now back to the issue of brain drain people living in their numbers it's affecting the system the Niger- the, 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 the current state of nigeria itself because good minds are living the best brains are living, but you won't really blame them when you don't give people an opportunity to express themselves in a way that they can be successful when their talents do not feel appreciated. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they have the right to seek it elsewhere. So that's that's um, mm-hmm. but last last Japa, Japa, Jalo, Canada, Japa, Japa, Jalo, Chicago. <laughs> that's that's my submission, man. Yeah, um, see, uh, me, <clears throat> if I get passport today, I come out. Let me just be honest. Number one, <laughs> I mean, there are some sectors that you think Nigeria will never touch, 
the tech sector was the sector that I thought Nigeria would never have anything to do with. Mm. They will never have the way, of course. But this country keeps surprising us. I don't know if it's a surprise at this point anymore. They keep putting up policies that frustrate young minds that are trying to develop the little, even after you said that you're not going to, or you're not even providing jobs for them. So I, I really see the sense behind people leaving going out to try i would really really not fault anyone that is going out because if i were in their shoes if i had the opportunity right now if i had visas if the school have applied for giving me admission oh my for don't come out so so i i think i think that's 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 my from that asia no um people people who are trying to leave like i said i won't blame them i i won't blame them it's it's not easy to be able to stay in an environment like this. It's very draining. You understand? People get on to, you know, the internet, trading, cryptocurrencies, doing mm-hmm. graphic designs, you know, those things to make ends meet. And, you know, you're still going after them with the police, telling the central bank to ban cryptocurrency trading. You know, it's almost as if any angle you turn to and try to survive, you just go after that particular area. So it's very frustrating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if people want to leave, maybe they should leave if they feel like. Yeah. Um, well, guys, I, I don't know about you, but I think this is where we should draw a wrap to it because if we keep going on and on and on, see, this episode is not going to end, man. Man, no more. Like you can talk about Nigeria forever. Yeah, Honestly, you can talk about Nigeria forever. forever. You, 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 you won't be able to to even finish everything. Honestly, honestly, but it's it's been a brilliant episode. It's been it's been fantastic to hear your perspective, Emeka. Um, really enlightening, really enlightening. So thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. And um, yeah, in our usual fashion, we would like to know what type of music you've been listening to during the week if you listen to music what kind of music have you been listening to so far this rundown song this if it happen for lagos that song is is mm. and then there's this um this new track from alamide um rock rock yeah, yeah that that track is <laughs> and then <laughs> on the on the other side of things uh i'm actually looking forward to fino's new album he's working on a new album and mm. I can't wait for it to drop. Like I've 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 been stalking him on social media. I just <laughs> he's working on it right now, doing videos and everything. He's in the US right now. So I'm just kind of really waiting for him to drop. And I know that he's never going to disappoint. Mm, nice, nice, nice. I know the two kings, the two kings. And when I say the two kings, I'm referring to Alamide and Fino. Both of them are working on their albums. You know, Alamide is about to drop his 10th studio album, if I'm not wow. mistaken. And um, yeah, looking forward to what Fino has to drop as well. Yeah. If um if this government could ban music, I'm sure they would do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're taking away everything that makes us happy. Cryptocurrencies, Twitter. True. I mean, think about it. I mean, music. True, they might true. come from music next. They will just say, "Ah, oh, oh, boy, why, why, why did you, why did you ring that? Oh yeah, Honestly, at this point, anything is possible. At this point, if I wake up and hear the band music, I won't be surprised. I'll just say, "Oh, okay." Music. Ah, because music is something that keeps so many people going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keeps people sane. 
there's this old song i've been vibing to recently. it's quite old I, I i kind of like old music a lot though this um chris brown tiger and um that guy kevin mccall this is man this is yeah, yeah I, who that. broke your heart now why you divide to this is? <laughs> 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 I just kind of remembered the song. You know? For me this week, I think the new discovery for me has to be Loje. So I know um Is it the Loje and Saz track. Yeah, yeah, the Loje and, and, and Saz EP actually. You know, I know you spoke about it. Oh yeah, yeah, last yeah. yeah last you, you spoke about that track, Tonongo. Mm. Oh, I love that track. I love that track. Um, I love the song with Whiskey as well. I think every song in that EP sounds really good. It's a um, good arrangement of music. Yeah. Um, good progression as well. Like it sounds really, really, really good. Um, and I, so, think, I mean, I apart think, from, I think, drop something new. Who is that? Whiskey, because he's tweeting now. Baba get agenda. Of course now. <laughs> of course. Well, yeah, you he, know, he, you know, he, he always wants to drop something. And people were attacking him, saying this is not a good time to tweet and all, you know. Mm. So I think he wants to drop something too. I beg you should drop something for us. Did you did you watch his new interview? Like rather, he had a documentary, like a ten YouTube did like a ten year anniversary um, documentary for him from that for the superstar album. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I heard a lot of great things about him from different people in the in the industry. So, you know, you guys, Whiskey is a legend, and he's someone who is respected within and outside Nigeria. So, at the end yeah, of the day, yes, he does have he has his haters and his doubters, but then he has his loyalists. Then he has people like me. I support Whiskey every day, any day. So, apart from Loji and Sars, apart from that EP. I've also been listening to this song by Emo Gray and Buju. It's called 0903. So it's a really, really nice song. You should check it out. And then um, this song, Larry Gaga and Joe Boy, Slow Burner. It's a really, really cool song. I hate that. Larry Gaga from, is, from the, is the DJ Khalid of Nigeria. Yeah, definitely. You can say that now. I also agree with that. I think Larry Gaga is actually the DJ Khalid of Nigeria, and he came out of nowhere, you know, but I know he's been in industry for a long time, been doing a lot of things behind yeah. the scenes, but he finally decided to put his face out there, and he has been doing great things, so you need to check out that track, Slow Burner by Larry Gaga and Joe Boy, and finally, uh, one of my favorite artists, who I think is absolutely underrated, LAX, he dropped a new track two days ago featuring Davido, it's called Pepe, if you listen to that song, it's a great vibe. You know, the lyrics just want to make you dance. The lyrics just want to make you sing. So, those are my, like, top four discoveries of the week. LoJ and Saz, Emo Gray and Buju 0903, Slow Burner by Larry Gaga and Joe Boy, and Pepe by Ellen's Davidoji. Thank you.